Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. You know, I didn't know how we do, Super Tuesdays. Glad to be back out here with you on a news broadcast. On, we're doing week 11 of our, of our series, Teachable Moments, and this week's uh, name of the study is called Realize Your Worth. This is a study that's been a little challenging for me to do, and I, and I know all of the studies that I do, and all of the either the one-off topics or uh, just anything—not necessarily an interview with a with a person—but when we're teaching through something, I have to live it out first. And I find that when life gets in the way, it really, really causes me to have to walk out these things. So when you guys are realizing and you're listening to these these studies or these episodes, it's not just you know, a random guy out making up some stuff. It's it's a lot of stuff I've been living through. So to be real transparent, there's weeks when I, we when I ask the station to re-air a broadcast from previous weeks or months or even a, a year or so ago. It, it's something I have to do because it, either the kids need something or I need something or we're sick. Or But there are a lot of days when it's just, difficult to do this it's difficult to to pour out and dig up something that's 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 tragic in my life something that i'm dealing with because it's so easy for people to believe that a person who's on air or on tv or doing ministry up in a pulpit or just trying to be whoever they're trying to be whether it be social media or out in the public they it's easy for people to think that oh they got their life on lock everything is just fluid for them everything is just perfect but I want to make sure that everyone understands that for this guy, this particular person that you're listening to on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia, or on TheRaisingMenShow.com, I'm a regular dude. I'm a father of five. I'm a, I'm a single, well, you can't see single because according to the law, I'm a widower. Because if I put, if I put single on a document, I would be lying. To be transparent with you, it's tough to not just do this because I'm afraid to do it. No, the, the enemy wants me to believe that no one out there wants to hear this. The enemy wants me to believe that it's not worth anything, that I'm not worth anything to to spend any time or any money to be on air and to, to pour out my heart and to leave a legacy for my kids to listen to. The enemy wants us all to believe that we're not worth anything. Suicide rates in the United States are going up at an astronomical rate. I think I mentioned in several weeks ago in an episode that a, a person that I worked side by side with in ministry committed suicide. That has reshaped my life. Not because I knew the person, but because I knew him and I sat side by side with him. I've, I've often heard the, the term working shoulder to shoulder with someone. I did that with this particular gentleman. He was serving in ministry. He sat at a chair that was right next to mine. He didn't realize his worth. So... Since he didn't realize that he had worth, he lost hope. When we lose hope, we lose the thought and, and the reason, the why to live. 
I don't want any of us to lose a why. I don't want to lose my why. I don't want to, I, I need to spend a lot of time discovering what my why is. And my why, it may be, for some people may be, be okay, well, you've got to have a why. I mean, you've got five kids, and so that should be your why. But for me, my why can't be another person. <laughs> Please excuse me, I'm struggling through a sinus thing this morning. My why cannot be another person because when I'm dealing with an issue, when I'm not feeling well, when I don't feel like getting up early in the morning and studying or early in the morning and, and seeking God or early in the morning and recording broadcasts and ministering and pouring out, when I don't feel like getting up to fix food for my kids or to take them to school or do something to support myself, getting, when I don't feel like getting up to take a shower, when I don't feel like it, there's no one else in the room that can do anything for me to motivate me. The motivation has got to come from within, deep within inside. Your why has got to be more than your hurt. Your why has got to be more than the situation that you're in. The why has got to be more than the tears that just have drenched your pillow all night long. My why has got to be more than the nights that I sit up wondering after I wake up one, two, three o'clock in the morning, terrified because of some dream or, or, or gripped with fear because of something I'm worried about in my room that, that isn't there. But but you wake up some but I wake up sometime feeling like there's just panic in my heart. Like something is just in my ear, in my head, just telling me that, Craig, you're not worth it. It's it's whatever you're doing has no value. And you're going to be single and lonely the rest of your days. You're going to spend your life as a spinster. You're going to be that guy whose kids don't come and visit him. You're going you're gonna to be that guy that's not worth it. You're going to be that guy that's destitute and poverty-stricken, living out of doors on a street corner. You're going to be that guy living under a bridge, eating out of trash cans. You're going to be that guy who people are going to wonder, whatever happened to that guy that was on the radio he was so much of this or that but if they only knew that each night I'd wake up sweating with or without covers because some dream has got my mind so twisted up that I'm afraid to go back to sleep Dreams where you wake up and you just hear voices in your head. Dreams that when you when you wake up, you have to ask the Lord sometimes, you know, okay, Lord, what is really going on? Was that a dream or was that real? You have to ask yourself, why is the enemy tormenting me so? Why do I worry about the things I worry about? Why do I think about the things that I think about? We're well, not by yourself. I had a conversation with a good brother just yesterday, confirming several things that I thought was just me. I, I thought I was just the only one out there having these concerns and worry. And I know on the broadcast, I like to spend the, the first few minutes trying to kind of, kind of making sure we're all on the same page and trying to make sure there's a connection there, trying to make sure that I'm, I'm transparent, trying to make sure that people understand that you're not alone, because. Because when I started out this this journey of doing the Raising Men show on on WKBY ten eighty AM and and I didn't, I need to people I need people to understand that this is the first radio show I've ever done. 
this is the one that the Lord said to go do. When I started this out, I, when my wife first passed away, I didn't have anybody that I could go out and touch or listen to that knew my story enough that, that could speak into my life, that had a story that was similar to mine that I could really kind of learn from. So the Lord was leading me to want to put a platform out there where people who were like me, who'd lost or who were afraid or who was a man trying to raise their children or a man trying to be better, would have someone out there to listen to. There would be a voice of one at least crying in the wilderness because I couldn't find that one. It took me a long time to find people. I, I felt like a unicorn. And I know there's a new show out there, and I'm not advocating you know, TV broadcast, especially when not advertising in our show. But um, when you feel like you're all alone in your situation, the enemy can really play mind games with you. He can make you believe that there's no one else out there like you. Make you feel like you're isolated. And when you feel like you're isolated, the, the world's from time to time, at least for me, when I begin to feel like I'm isolated, or when I begin to allow myself to feel like I'm isolated, or when I allow myself to believe and come into to agreement with the fact that I'm all alone or isolated, <clears throat> then I get afraid. Then I get cold. Then I get lonely. Then I get to the point where I'm terrified. Then I get to the point where I forget that God is who God is. I don't pay attention to the fact that he just saved me, that he woke me up, that he gave me the breath to say that I'm afraid. Ooh, wow. So so when you really think about you're alone, God, thank you for that. Because you're never alone. Because if the Lord's got you breathing and got you thinking and got you reasoning and got you, got you saying that you're all alone, that you're saying that you're fearful, that you're saying that you're whatever you are negatively. God's the one that gave you the breath and the mind and the energy and the thought and he woke you up to say those things. So that, are you alone? Well, let's just put it this way. Yes, you may be alone in the physical realm, but you're, not, but you're never alone in the spiritual So that means that you can never be lonely. So there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Lonely is a, is a state of mind. It's what you believe. It's what you come into agreement with. It's what I come into agreement with. Being alone is just mean that you're at that temporary moment. There's no one else physically with you. But but if we always believe, if, if, if you've got... Jesus in your heart, Holy Spirit living within you. If you believe that God is your Lord and Savior, if you believe He's He has saved you and that He's forgiven you of all your sins, though we commit them daily, He's forgiven you of them one by one as you commit them. And it's kind of wild just to think that the Lord is, is forgiving your sins as you're committing them. And that's that's bananas in itself. I know the old, my mom used to say, all the old people of the church, mothers and fathers of the church used to always quote scripture and to cause us to feed ourselves. And I, think, I used to always kind of laugh at that saying. Because in in our modern society, we, we spend so much time on our phones and social media, and, you know, looking for likes and trying to, trying to expose our life and try to live out loud and try to, do all these wonderful things and try to have this life that's 
And so in so many cases, it's not real. And if it is real for some, it's not sustainable. Because some of these crazy antics and memes that people are creating, it, there's no way you can spend the rest of your life doing things like that because it's just not, it's not relatable to anyone because our lives are not like that. He don't see anybody creating memes about, you know, waking the kids up in the morning and trying to dress them as they're crying and trying to go to work in the morning and trying to get that 14th cup of coffee. You know, there's there's not those kind of memes. You get the, all these crazy memes that make you believe in one thing or another. It's like to, to put up this lifestyle that don't make sense. But but why don't we why don't we fill our minds with the things of God? Why don't we put ourselves together with the things of God? Why don't we clothe ourselves in righteousness? Ah, so so we can get an understanding that my life is really what my life really isn't, and get out of the fantasy world of what life isn't. We can get our life. I don't mind. I don't mind being in my phone all day and my screen time going up hours and hours and hours a day if I'm putting things in my heart. The word says, out of a man's heart flows the river, the issues of life or, or rivers of life. So if we're putting things in our heart and minds that are not of God, they're going to pour out of us the same exact way. So if we're, if we're putting into our minds and hearts the things that are negative, the things that are that are gross, the things that are perverse, the things that are pornographic, the things that are, are, are just not good for us, the things that are drug-induced, the things that are alcohol-infested, the things that are not of God, things that are not for our good. If you're putting that into your body, what do you think is going to come out? Where do you think it's going to come out? How do you think it's going to come out? Okay, let's let's put it in practical terms. If you don't eat healthy, eating a bunch of fats and sugars and sweets, where do you, where do you think it's going to come out? It's going to come out, okay, yeah, okay, we're not going to be gross. Yeah, it's going to come out of the toilet. Yeah, I get that. But but it's also going to come out in our skin. It's going to come out in our pores. It's going to come out in, the, in our fat cells. It's going to come out in our waistline. It's going to come out in our shirts because we're going to need bigger shirts, bigger pants, bigger belts. Because it's going to come out that way. It's going to come out of our pores as we sweat and as the oils come out. It's going to come out in, in our smell and the way that we smell. It's going to come out through our hair. It's going to come out through our eyes. The swelling in our feet, the swelling in our hands, it's going to come out that way. If you eat good fruits and vegetables, it's going to come out liquid. It's going to come out through our pores. It's going to be cleansing. If you pour into yourself the word of God, when you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself in that moment of distress and terror, the word is going to be able to come out. It's going to be that lamp into your feet. So, so when you're in the dark place in your life and you need some light, you got to put the light inside of you because you got, okay, so if you don't eat for a long time and you get tired and restless, you, your body doesn't have a whole lot to work on. It's, it's looking for some fuel. So when you give, same way when we, same way when we get fearful and when we get anxious and we get ugly on the inside and we get to be just some kind of way about ourselves. If we don't have a platform inside to draw from, if we don't have anything in our tank to pull from, our, our vehicle is just going to stop. We're going to find ourselves just laid out and the enemy just going to be whooping up on us head and toe, stomping us out because that's where he wants us to be. He wants us to be in that place where we just don't know we have the strength. To call upon the name of the Lord. So that, that, see, the difference is that we're not ever at a point where we're down and out where we can't call on the name of the Lord. We, the enemy wants us to be in a place where we think that we are in a place that we are all out of it 
and cannot call upon the name of the Lord because even in, even in our dreams, we're active. We have power. Even in our day-to-day life, we, ha- we are active and we have power. But it's all about what we think. So if we're not filling our minds with the things of God instead of filling our minds with so many other things that are negative, what are we going to pull out first? Our minds naturally want to pull out the negative. So we've got to put in more positive in there so that the negative gets I don't know, maybe overwritten is the right word, suppressed, put away, moved out of the way, harder to find. We're going to give scriptures earlier today than at the end, because this is one of those things where for me, I need to be able to put word in my heart. So I need to hide the Lord's word in my heart. Lord, I need to hide your word in my heart. Yes. Yeah, so I don't sin against you. Yes, that that is true. But f- in addition to that, I need to be able to hide through your word in my heart, God, so that when I'm in trouble, when I find myself at a point where I don't know what to do next or where I'm going to turn next, the word is so much easier to be that light. It comes on faster when my feet need a, a clean place to step. Psalms 139 verses 13 to 15. You, For you were formed in my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise for you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. What does that really mean? Okay, yeah, I've heard of the old timers say that scripture a lot when I was a kid, but when you really think about it, when you don't feel like you mean anything, when you don't feel like you have any value, when you don't think that the Lord really cares about who you were anyway or what your troubles are, do you think that a God who created you would would hate you or think nothing of you? He's, the Lord spent a whole lot of time making us unique. There's no fingerprint or toe print of any human being ever created that's exactly the same. So if you don't think that God cared about us, cared about me, cared about you, why would he spend all the time making some fingerprints? That took intention. That took attention to detail. And that's why we're here. We're here to realize our worth right here on the Raising Men Show. Again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. 
And we're right back here on the Raising Men Show. Again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, and you're listening to us right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Or you may be listening to us on theraisingmenshow.com on our, all of our podcasting networks. We appreciate you for listening. We thank God for you. And again, we're in week 11 of the Teachable Moments series. The topic for this week is realize our worth. First segment, we've been dealing with just the understanding that a lot of us spend time not really understanding who we are or realizing who we are. And we need to understand that because when the enemy wants us to believe, because he wants us to believe all the time that, you know, well, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's only, it's his only trick he's got. He's a one trick pony. But we oh, we give him the tricks. And the enemy's, he, yeah, he's very cunning and he's very, you know, challenging. But when you really think about it, we give the enemy all of the ammunition that he needs to kill us, to, to, to destroy us. We, because we show him where we're vulnerable. We show him what we hurt and, and what gets our attention. He's, we show him what causes us to lose our breath in situations and dealing with people and places and things. And when we start allowing the enemy to talk to us, we start to believe that, that, that voice that we may hear, some people say that's our inner voice, but no, but, and I get it. The fall of man gave us a spirit that's not, you know, that's contrary to the will of God. I, I get that part of, of the word, but, but if we're created in the image of God, we just read, you know, Psalms 139, 13 to 15, when we talk about how God created us. And if we, if God created us, and once we give our life to Christ, we allow the Holy Spirit inside of us. That means that at that point, we have the mind of Christ. And I get the whole thing that we're wrestling against ourself. It, there's this whole, you know, pushing, pushing and pulling from left to the right. And you know, I know the old saying of, yes, you got this devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, but it's the truth because it's it's the fleshy man side of us that wants to do wrong, that, that wants to think the negative thoughts about ourselves and our other people and our situations, but our spirit man, the, the, our true self, our, our original design us is trying to tell us who we are, trying to show us our worth. And we're dealing with the, just realizing our worth. And so to, even to realize something is a point where you come to an acknowledgement or to come into agreement or come into the enlightened thought that of an idea or concept. Our worth can be used in preposition. It, it can go with a noun. It supports what a noun is to describe something, not like an adjective, but it gives meaning to, adds value to, or good and important to justify what that noun is, to justify who we are. Worth is a noun, it's excellence of character or quality or commanding esteem. And it's funny because even with that definition, commanding esteem, that speaks directly to me. I've spent a lot of my life where my parents told me, don't, you know, they didn't really ever try to tell me to not be so high or not to be so low, but we were taught as kids that we weren't going to be an arrogant person or we were taught that we were going to be what they wanted us to be. We we're going to be quiet. We were going to be people who served. We were people, we were going to be a people or a family that, that kind of held themselves in check. As a child, I didn't, I didn't get the definition of what they were really trying to say. Unfortunately, what I got was be quiet, be seen, not heard. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Follow my lead. But some, and I get it. We're supposed to be examples, set examples and be good leaders and role models, especially from a father's perspective. But when you're when you're leading a crowd, I'm leading my family. Sometimes when you're leading them, people don't understand what you're doing in the leading. They just see that you're moving and you're moving away from them. Ooh, leaders, when you're out there 
taking your family, taking your tribe, take, taking your team on a journey, sometimes you just look like you're walking away. I don't want my family to think I'm just walking away from them. There's times when I need to because I don't want to say something that's crazy to them. I just need to go sit down for a minute. But sometimes you need to sit amongst them. You need to talk to them. You need to, 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 to speak out what the vision is. Make it plain so there's no question. Sometimes you need to listen and sit still and allow the team to ask questions for, clarif- for clarity. Ask those clarifying questions. Why? How come? Where? How long? I used to hate those questions when my, when my wife was alive because all I knew was I, I was the type of guy that was head down, looking at my feet, looking up again, looking back at my feet to make sure my feet were on the path, looking forward to make sure I was still going in the right direction, following God. That's all I knew. I'm, a, I was a, I'm, a, I'm that heads down type of guy. Once the Lord says, pushing me out in a, in a direction, I'm going there in season and out of season. When it feels good and when it just don't feel good at all. My wife used to always ask me, why and how long are we still on the path? And what? why is the path so hard? And she kept just, yeah, 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 yeah. It, like, it felt like one of the, like the, the, the Charlie Brown teacher. And I, was, I would get frustrated. So when she passed away, I was one of the things I, I remember telling myself, well, I won't have to worry about that, that why, why, why anymore because she's gone. But I find the kids have the same questions, and it and it became unnerving. It's like, wait a minute, there's that that droning again. But the Lord had to remind me that you've got to speak it out. You've got to make the vision plain so the kids don't get it, don't get lost in where you're going because they're they've already lost their mother, so they don't want to be lost in the journey. Also. When I used to coach a lot, I used to tell the kids that I'm coaching, don't make two mistakes, make one. So as a parent, as a father, as a man, I had to learn to just make the one mistake. The second I needed to make sure I didn't do. So I need to tell them often what I think of them. So if I'm building up my kids' worth and and helping them understand who they are and helping them get a a firm foundation of who they are, I've got to do the same. (laughs) Conversation with the same brother just yesterday. I was sharing with him that I'm, I'm, I was raised to be an intercessor. That's what my dad was. It's, it's, that's what he was all about, praying. And my mother, too, prayer warriors. They would just pray all day for other people. And I and I didn't, because I grew up in a, in a time period where my family didn't have a whole lot of problems really going on. And my life was pretty straight. until I got to be older in life. So there was a foundation that was built, but it was never used. It was never tested. And so when I got to be older in life, you'd have thought, well, my, the foundation is set. You should be good. But when you go build a you know, a house or if you go build a shelf or a car or something, but you don't ever drive it. You don't ever test it. You're not really sure if that thing really works. You're not really, it's never been tested. You don't ever have any proof in the process. I had an understanding. I had a foundation of who God was and and in being in church all the time and what that looked like from a process standpoint. But I had no practical understanding of what it really meant to apply all of this prayer, to, to apply all of this, you know, feeling of, of godliness or whatever that was supposed to look like. These prayer meetings and at least all these, you know, whiny prayers people used to pray. I had no practical application until my mother died. Until I had some troubles in my marriage. To my mother-in-law my mo- and my wife died. Until my dad died, until I had relationships that died, and until I had so 
issues with a job that died and a house that died until I, until I had some my kids leaving the house. And I found myself now all alone. Found those voices of the enemy like we talked about in the first segment being all of a sudden so much louder than they had ever been. And I found myself in a place where I would believe so much for other people. I, I'm the one of those people that I pray with you, fast with you, and believing for the Lord that he would bring your breakthrough. But didn't believe that I had any good or importance or any justification for him to bring a breakthrough in my own life. I didn't believe in my own excellence. And, and, and it's easy to get to that point when you're a man like myself, you get to be 50 years old and you start to, you know, you start to hear about men having those midlife crises. They go out and buy the fancy sports cars and they try to dress different and try to lose a lot of weight. They try to do whatever and try to be, you know, fancy. In some cases, they may, you know, shake up their marriage and leave or, or if you feel like you find yourself in a position like mine where you're no longer married, whether it be, you know, in my case, death or divorce or whatever. But you find yourself in these spots where you're not quite sure who you are anymore. And the enemy wants to make you believe that at that point that this crisis that you're in means that you're not worthy. You're not worth anything. and You're not as handsome as you were. You're not as, your skin's not as elastic anymore. It's getting wrinkled. You're getting older. Your hair's starting to thin. Starting to turn gray. A lot more gray on your face than it was ever in your life. And and when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we, we I see the gray, I see the negative, I see the loss of the hair, I see the things that are, I see the, the wrinkles starting to set in. I see the belly bigger than I ever wanted it to be in my life. But I don't see the wisdom. I don't see the knowledge. I don't see the peace. Because the enemy wants me to see the negative parts of who I am. In his estimation. But, I, but Lord, I, I wish that you would give us all a mirror that was different, that would show us and reflect to us how you see us. Because, man, if we could ever see us how God sees us, oh, man, that would change, that would change everything. That would change everything. If, if we could understand that God loves us enough to wake us up in the morning. My dad used to always say, God loves us enough as he sent his only son to die for us, for whoever, you know, loves him. I mean, I get it. There's the John 3.16. I, I, I get that. And I'm not going to quote it exact because it's got to mean something to you. It can't just be raw quote. But we have to get to the point where we believe the things we're taught. We have to believe the things we read. You listen to shows like this, yeah, you, you got to believe the things that you hear. But I don't. I challenge all of you to go out and read the scriptures for yourself. I, I don't, I, I like to quote the scriptures. I know there's some other evangelists out there and teachers and pastors out there that don't quote a lot of scripture. And I, I've listened to some and they try to give their reasoning why. And that's fine for them. For, for me, my worth, my value has got to stand on something. So 
I, and I know we're living in the new the, the new dispensation. I get it. The new part of life the, where there's still the prophets. And some people say, oh, there's no more prophets. In the world. I, you know what? If the Lord is still speaking, if this is if we're reading from the living word of God, then there are new prophets. There are new prophecies. There's still new in the world today. Because if we were not, if that were not be the case, that means we would all be dead and gone because the, the word of God is no longer living. It's, it was canonized. When he, when he was buried, it was buried with him. That would be the thought of the Old Testament. I get it that those who believe before, those who are living before Jesus came to die for our sins, that would mean we were all destined for hell. But now since Jesus has come and gone, he's already He's already lived and died for our sins. That means that as we're still living until God comes again and calls us all home, that means he's still speaking because he left He left the, the, the Holy Spirit behind to speak the things that we're supposed to know. So if he left the Holy Spirit behind to speak to us, that means there is new revelation daily. Every time we are given a moment to breathe and get up in the morning, there's something new that the Holy Spirit is wants to tell us from God directly. So you don't need shows like this, or you don't need churches like whatever to give you the, the, the word of God, you have access to God. I'm not saying that we're discounting churches, that we're discounting programs like this, or you're discounting evangelists that you're seeing on Facebook and Instagram and other places like that. But what I'm saying is they're not to be relied upon for your truth and your whole justice for your life. You need to take responsibility for yourself to go read these scriptures and to apply them and, and ask the Lord to give you that rhema word directly because you don't need an intercessor. And I'm not knocking anyone's Christian belief because I don't need to go sit in a booth and allow someone to, to to hear my pain and to cast my cares on them because they care for us. That's not what the word of God says. The word of God says that I must cast my cares on him, capital M, capital him, and the definition of him right there is God because he cares for us. Scripture. Basis, Jeremiah 29, 11, we've heard this a lot. When we worry about our worth, when we worry about the excellence and character, we don't think we have any character, when we don't think we have any worth to even take our next breath, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know, this is what God is telling us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, <laughs> declares he didn't even just says the Lord. He's declaring it. He's making sure that we understand it from a mandated, from a legalistic standpoint. I know the plans I have for you because I created them. I'm writing them. I wrote them. I already know. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. For those that say, I don't have any hope, Jeremiah 29, 11 just said that the Lord gives us to us a future and hope. Okay, if you want to be negative about it, well, I may have a negative future. Well, if you want to speak that into existence because life and death is in the power of the tongue and if you want to eat from that harvest of negativity and that's on you. I'm not, I'm not eating from that. I love to cook. And you and those who have eaten some good food and some bad food, I'm not talking about good food that you know that you really, really love or bad food that's bad because the chef was bad. I'm talking about you can definitely tell when a chef's having a good day and a bad day. Because it shows in their cooking. 
People talk about, yeah, we cook with love. You cook with an attitude. And I had had been a stress eater and a stress cooker. I used to just, if you found me in the kitchen making something on a non-holiday, that means I was stressed and I just needed to cook because I I just wanted to eat. I, I needed to feel something good and I wanted to taste something good and I would make all of the things that I knew that made me feel and taste good and so I could just, oh, just makes my mouth water just to think about what I would have made or what I was going to make. But I want, but if you're having a bad day, when I used to have a bad day, my I may burn the food over season, under season. Because I wasn't focused on what I was doing. It's the same the way we it's the same way we are in our life. If we don't think we're worth anything, we make our life untasteful. Or distasteful. We make people not even want to be in our presence. Make people not even want to be around us at all. Which of course says something about our worth. That we don't think we are excellent. That we don't think we're useful. We don't think we have value. We don't think there's a quantity of something of any specified value in us. To have anybody want to be around us. That is so from the pit of hell. And it's so not God. Let's even make it more plain. When you hear something negative in your mind, in your in your mind's ear, or when you see something negative in your mind's eye, can God give you anything that's negative? Can God be negative? Is there any is there any darkness in God? Is there any <laughs> is there any darkness in light? No. Purely from the math, there's not. So instantly automatically and 100% of the time we need to understand that that's not God so if we're hearing the negatives it's not from God okay let's make sure we're clear here though I'm not saying when when you feel like you shouldn't go a certain place when you feel like you shouldn't do a certain thing when you feel like it's not from a fearful standpoint but from that discerning standpoint that God should I take this job or God should I go be with that person or God should I do X or Y should I take this opportunity sometimes we or sometimes we have this feeling that we're stricken with oh no 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 don't do that and it's like almost like panic like i'm not saying a panic attack but I'm, there's a discerning yes and there's a discerning no versus a panic yes or a panic no but to get to that point we need to understand how god speaks to us and be real clear about it and if you're not sure and clear how god speaks to you you need to ask because god is plain God's very basic. Yeah, he may ca- he may cause you to want to go climb Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, bucket naked in the snow, you know, with no shoes on. I think that's ludicrous myself. He never asked you to do something stupid like that. But I, I use the example to say that he'll ask you to do some of those challenging, monumental, life-changing, outside-of-the-box type of things. Yes, he will. But at the same time, he'll ask you to do the basic things as well, like say good morning, like get up and read, pray, don't eat that. Turn left, turn right. Get off the beaten path and, and, and follow him. Yes, he'll ask us to do those kind of basic things, but we have to understand how he speaks to us. So if, you, if, you don't, if you're not sure today of how the Lord speaks to you, you need to ask the Lord, how do you speak to me? Is it in colors? Or is, it, is it an audible voice? Is it, is it in pictures? Or is it that feeling down in my gut like, like Olivia Pope? Is it, do I hear things? Do I smell things? Do I see symbols and images? And then when he's, and just be silent during that time that he's showing you. 
because he because we're worth it. You're worth it. I'm worth it for him to spend the time close to us explaining to us how he speaks to us because if you don't understand how God speaks to us then you don't understand how much we're worth to him. Ooh. When you understand that God is speaking to us in everything and every place that we go if, if I'm talking about from the breeze through the trees that's God speaking to us. The colors that we see when we look at things, the way we feel, even just our desk at work or the keyboards when we work or, or the steering wheels that we hold as we drive, the ground under our feet, even just what we may hear if we're teachers or we're just out and about, whatever our occupation is, the Lord is speaking to us in every one of those instances and no matter where we are, he's speaking to us. So when he speaks to us, and we think that same was okay, okay, Lord, I think that was you. I need you to, I need you to confirm that's how you speak to me. So, so let's do that again, Lord. So, so I need to know how you speak to me. So I need to you to just do that again, because your word says I can challenge you. I can have, I can ask you to confirm your word. I can, I need you to make sure that the like the story in the Bible was done where the gentleman put out the, the fleece on the grass and he needed confirmation from you. So Lord, if, if you want me to do this, I need you to confirm your word to me. I need you to make that fleece wet and the grass dry. Okay, when the Lord did that, okay, God, I need to know that was you for real, for real. Okay, that's a good trick. I need to know that was for you for real, for real. So I need you, Lord, to do it again. Do it again, Lord. So I need you to make that grass now wet and the fleece dry. I need you to confirm how you speak to me, Lord. Because if we don't hear God's voice and understand it is God, it could be anything telling us any which kind of way to go, do, or be. And the Lord wants us to be clear of what he wants us to do and what he, what he doesn't want us to do. So again, this is the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, and we'll be right back with more Teachable Moments. We want to realize our worth today. Week 11, Teachable Moments, right here on WKBY, 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor, specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951 265 6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore Me is available on over 100 digital markets including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. And we're right back here on the Raising Men Show, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. And we're also on theraisingmenshow.com on our all of our podcasting networks. Appreciate you listening, staying with us. Again, this is the last segment. We're in week 11 
of teachable moments. Realize your worth, and that's what we're talking about today. We want the Lord, we want the Lord to speak to you. We want the last segment we just closed out with was making sure that you understood how the Lord speaks to you. It speaks to us, and and with audible, with a visual, with the smells through symbols and imagery. So we want to make sure that the Lord is that you're hearing the Lord's voice, leading, prompting. So we're not confused at any point with it being the enemy telling us to go somewhere or the Lord telling us to go somewhere. So we need to make sure that we're real, real plain, real, real basic. We talk about asking the Lord to confirm with us who he is and not to say who he is, but how he speaks to us because he already knows who he is. And then that's in another segment. We'll deal with that later about having the Lord confirm in your life and show you at that moment who he is in your life. But that's that's for another show. We're not going to get off on that, on that trail right now. So, we're dealing with more scriptures to make sure when we have those moments that we don't get fearful and understand and we don't start to get confused about what the Lord wants us to do and who he is and how do we make sure that we're in the right place. So we need to hide the Lord, hide the word of God in our hearts. So when we have those moments, it'll come out of us and we need to make sure we keep packing that good word inside of us. So when we really, really need the word of God to encourage ourselves, it's, there's something in there to work on. There's something in there to, to repeat out. There's something in there to encourage ourselves because there's not going to always be someone around next to us to encourage us, to coach us, to yell and cheer. And I understand that the, the word does say that we, we are around and amid, in the midst of such a great cloud of witnesses. Yes, but in so oftentimes, those witnesses are, are people that are passed on beyond us. Those are angels sitting in heaven that are in the great stadiums, great cathedrals, as they say, like watching our live and cheering us on. Yes, but if we're not paying attention to that, I don't know about you, but I, I can't remember the last time I heard a crowd cheering for me. But, you know, and Lord, I think that's sometimes what we need. We need a cheering section, but in I think when we get the cheering session section with clothes and flesh on, you, I know you know that there's sometimes where you're supposed to have called a friend of yours and to encourage them or text them to encourage them or, or send them an email to encourage them. But just go by. Huh, imagine that. Going by and being in fellowship with someone, spending some time with someone with them. Or on the other side that I'm guilty of a lot is allowing people to come over and hang out with you, fellowship with you. Be in community with you and not being so isolated, like you were afraid to leave or afraid to breathe, afraid for someone to come to the door. Now, I've had those moments when I've had bill collectors and people come to the door demanding whatever they were demanding. I get it. But that's the old day. Yeah, I get it. And for some, maybe it's the day. But it's not going to always be that way. Praying your way through these situations, asking the Lord to to provide that ram in the bush for you, and then when the ram is there, let's go take that ram and sacrifice it, and not sacrifice ourselves. The word does say obedience is better than sacrifice. So when we need to obey the Lord, the word of God, when He tells us to do X, Y, and Z, it may have been something. It may for me to have. It may for me to have been the obedience enough to get up and record this morning. Then the sacrifice of staying in bed for some more sleep. Because I know Lord knows I was tired. But when I got up this morning, it was like 4 or 4.30 this morning. I thought, well, I guess I'd be recording this morning because otherwise I'd still be asleep. But all of a sudden that bed started to feel so warm and comfortable. I hadn't felt that comfortable all night long. And it's a great bed, don't get me wrong. But when the Lord speaks to you and gives you a means to do something and allows you to 
to do what you're supposed to do. Your free will has still got to kick in and, and, and be obedient and follow. Follow through. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 helps right here. Because when we're tempted to not do what the Lord wants to do, when we're tempted to not follow through, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Oh, I'm going to read that again because there's there's certain moments we feel like, oh, Lord, you, you tempted me with that thing and I fail. Lord, no, I can't follow and I can't follow and I can't get it. Well, you know what? You got life alert. Our life alert is the Holy Spirit. It's not the chain hanging around our neck. No, no. Okay, now let's, some of us are elderly who, who, who have are prone to fall. You need to get those as well. You take care of that because that is also from God. So let's, let's not be stupid. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken us, overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide you the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I love Romans 12 too, to follow that one up because so often we want, we believe that this world right now, full of the likes, full of the followers, full of the, just the whole social media aspect where we want to believe that there's people out there that like us, that follow us, that, that comment on our posts to do whatever, that, that see it, that, that validate what we're doing. Instead of instead of allowing the Lord to validate what we're doing, that there's only one, well, technically there's only three people in this world and out of this world that we need to be looking for approval from. And they're really the same person as God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just those three, if they're validating us, and if they're for us, then who can be against it? If God is for us, who can be against us? So it doesn't matter if people are commenting on your post. It doesn't matter if anybody is, is watching your memes or watching your YouTube channel. And Sometimes people don't, people, I had to learn this and I'm still learning this. There's sometimes there's people following and watching you that will never make themselves known to you, but they're watching you. And I don't know if they're watching for good or for evil, but it doesn't matter. So my mom used to always tell me, if you want to watch me, let me give you something to look at. If you're going to follow me, let me get you something to follow after. If you're going to try to be like me, let me show you how it's done. So if you're following the raising, uh, at raising men, or you're following at Craig Carlisle, I want to show you my life from the lens of God. So I've got to learn what God thinks of me. I've got to, I've got to spend a lot of time understanding or getting the understanding and the revelation from God of what he sees and what he wants and, and the things that I may be dealing with, I may be posting or, or things that I want to, to be positive about, something I want to be better about, I'm posting. Things that are about my kids that I want to celebrate, I'm posting because I want to let my kids know that I'm watching, that I'm out there, that I'm, I'm paying attention to what they're doing and what they're doing matters. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable 
and perfect. Realizing your worth is based a lot on this. Because if we think that we're worth what the world says we're worth, likes and followers, scans and spins, then we're not going to think we're much worth anything. Because I don't have a large fan base. I don't have a lot of, lot, lot of followers. I don't have a lot of people downloading the, the podcast. But it doesn't matter. I have to be obedient to the Lord and do what he told me to do. Because there's that one that needs to hear this. I'm the one that needs to do it to get this out. Because if I keep this, these issues and this word inside, I'll never get my own breakthrough. Because I've got to be able to speak those things that are not as though they were. So if there's something that I'm working on in my life that I'm not speaking out to get to make the change through, I'm not getting my own breakthrough. My kids are not getting their own breakthrough. They're getting their breakthrough. The, in my bloodline, it still stays a lot of, of mistrust and hatred. And I don't need that. I don't want that in my children's life. I don't want to let that be three and four generations of, of curse that I've allowed to be on my kids. I've got to be able to continually stand and speak against those things and, and speak life into my kids. So a part of these shows is to speak life. And so my kids understand, well, dad has a radio show and, and dad's talking about these things. They'll listen, though. They'll, they'll be on my show. And I, and I need them to understand that I'm speaking life over them. I'm speaking blessings into their life. That I'm doing this for them, for them to be able to look back at some time after I'm long gone and say, what was my dad all about? I don't want them to question and wondering if, if their dad loved them. I don't want them to just look at the things I did and the things I provided for them, the things that I gave for to them as a mirror and example of a tangible piece of how, of my love for them. I need to be able for them to understand and go back and say, what was my dad all about? He used to say something that I forgot because it's gone cold in my brain. No, let me go listen to that podcast of his, figure out a way to play it in the 28th century. I want them to be able to say, you know what? My great-great-grandfather did this. He led the way. Who was the patriarch? Who, who was the one that actually led our family to what the Lord had for us to be? Who made sure that the curses in our in our life and our bloodline were cut off? That dude. And then the dude before him. Who was the one that taught us how to be this way? Where did we get our names from? How do we do X, Y, and Z? That dude. That's the kind of legacy we, as men we need to leave behind. That's the kind of worth we need to understand that we have. That's the kind of thing that we need to be able to walk boldly in because there's a, there's an issue between being arrogant and being worthy. So I want to be worth something and be worthy of my of my wage and in my walk because when I write something down, I want people to just not just read it and buy it from the standpoint of, of, of a financial gain, but I want them to be able to understand that that is a divine revelation from God that that, that can speak into their life. That's the legacy Oh, that's part of a legacy that I'm trying to leave, that I want us all to leave. I want to be able to do these shows so I can understand for myself that I am worth something and that the word of God that pours out of me is, is strong and powerful so I don't have to live the life that makes me think that, hey, I'm not worth anything. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I need to go back in the bed where, where the fleshy side wants to be and hide from the world and stay in the house all day, all day long. I need to understand that the no, the Lord, word of God is strong. It is it's like powerful, like a two-edged sword cutting between flesh and spirit, bone and marrow, and understanding that, 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 that the enemy is just like a lion. He's not a lion, but he's like a lion roaring around trying to see who he could destroy. But he's not a lion. He's a fraud. 
He's a fallen angel that's just counting and biding his time until he's locked up and cast into the lake of fire forever. No, between now and forevermore, we've got to live this thing. We live that dash in the middle. So that, I, know, I know that dash gets hard to stand on. So it feels like we get hit with that dash from time to time. But as we realize our worth, that we're worth standing for the word of God, that we're worth not being depressed about. Because depression is a spirit. It's a spirit of death that we need to speak to it and tell it to stay away. And you have no legal rights to me or to anyone in my generation or my lineage or my bloodline. Those are the kind of things that we need to stand on and understand that we're worth having. So that's why we do these shows. That's why we stand on the Word of God. And that's why we need to be reading the Word of God on a regular basis so that we get, when we get afraid and fearful and, and not understanding where we are, the Word comes forth with power. You're listening to The Racing Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY. We keep blessing you. Chatham, Virginia. Also on theraisingmenshow.com. God, you're amazing. Teachable moments is a moment. It's something I just want. I knew we had to do. Because if I didn't learn how to do this myself, I couldn't teach anyone else how to do it. So Lord, you're teaching me. I thank you for teaching me the things that you would have me to know. God, I thank you for allowing me to go forth and to show people what you'd have for them. God, I thank you for WKBY and all of their staff, Pastor Larry and all the team. I thank you for them. And I thank you all for listening. Lord willing, we'll be right back here on Tuesday. Same time. Bless you. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family.